Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do you like what you're hearing right now? Then be sure to check out VOC Nation. Whether it's on vocnation.com or your favorite podcast provider, VOC Nation offers the greatest in live and on-demand content, great interviews, and incredible insight from those who have lived the business. Seven days a week, vocnation.com. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at vocnation. Welcome to another edition of Bumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. I'm your host, Brian Ferguson. My guest today is no stranger to professional wrestling. He has written with some of the greats like Bill Apter and Stu Sachs. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to have on here today, Mr. Craig Peters. Craig, thanks for coming out today. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Brian, for inviting me. And uh, I would also say some of the other greats I spent time with were Dan Shockett. Yes. And uh, Eddie Elner, uh, Bob Smith, um, a few others whose names escaped me at the moment. Dave Rosenbaum. Yes. Uh, and I'm sure I'm sure more names will come up as 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 we talk over the next few minutes. Yes, yes. Um, I want to thank you again for coming out. You know, I've read magazines since I was about I don't know, probably ten years old, which was quite a while ago. Um, when there was a bunch of them, you know, Inside Wrestling, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, Sports Review, you you name it. There was probably at that time I don't know a lot of magazines out yeah. there. <laughs> So let's at, talk. Yeah, at our peak, we were doing a bunch of them, and yeah, yeah. there's a um, there's a Twitter feed, and I'm, I I could look it up and give you the exact uh, um, feed, but I I don't remember off the top of my head. I think it's Wrestling Magazine. Yeah. Um, but um, great feed, and he'll he'll pull old magazines and tweet photos and and bits of stories from them, and my stuff comes up every yeah. once in a while. And he tweeted something recently, Wrestling Bad Guys magazine. And I completely forgot that we did it. It was basically like a, like Inside Wrestling or The Wrestler, but from a bad guy's perspective. Oh, wow. Like the bad guys were the good guys. It was an interesting editorial twist. But wow. I've forgotten about that one for years. But, yeah, it was fun to see that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let's get started a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about growing up. Where you grew up at, your childhood. Uh, okay, I haven't grown up yet, but I'm still I'm working on that. <laughs> growing up, okay, it's continuous. Um, um, where you grew up at, that kind of thing. Sure, yeah. Uh, I grew up on Long Island, okay, or as we say, Long Island, if you're a Long Islander. Um, my uh, it's pretty pretty basic suburban, you know, lifestyle growing up. I have to I have to say for the for the context of this podcast. I was not really a wrestling fan growing up. Um, oh, okay. I went to the matches. I went to the matches once or twice. I actually lived um, just a couple miles from Nassau Coliseum, and I think my brother took me. We saw Bruno one time, um, but I, you know I would watch it on TV now and again. But I wouldn't call myself a fan. What I really was growing up was a hardcore fan of comic books. Oh, really? Um, okay. I was a big Marvel guy, but I bought everything on the stands. Marvel, Charlton, DC, um, everything. 
And to sort of fast forward a little bit when it when it came time to um, you know think about and start writing about pro wrestling, um, you know, it's it, particularly in those days. I guess today I haven't really followed it um, as diligently today as I did back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and my time with the magazines was eighty one to ninety six. Okay, um, but you know, we, we I, I sort of looked at it as okay, these are these are like comic book characters in flesh and blood. And that's how I was able to sort of relate to, to wrestlers and and click into what yeah. was going on. And I picked it up very quickly, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, very quickly grew to appreciate what they were doing and and how good the best of them were at what they did. Yeah, that that's interesting that you were not a wrestling fan. That's that's kind of a twist on things. I wanted to ask <laughs> you. Yeah. I wanted to ask you. Okay. Two sacks, right? It was a yeah, yeah, yeah. And did a wrestling newsletter. And yeah. All that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Bill, and Bill also. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Bill. Um, let's talk a little bit. Journalism. Did you go to school for, for writing journalism or did you, um, I, you know, I, I went to college. I went to Colgate university, upstate New York. Um, originally when I went, I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. But after about a year of, of studying in that direction, I decided that wasn't the direction I wanted to go. Yeah. Um, I got heavily involved in the college radio station and the college newspaper. And okay. that really sort of got my juices flowing, particularly the newspaper. And mm-hmm. I realized that, yeah, I want to do something in this area. You know, young, stupid kid. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I wanted to do something. This, this excited me and, and writing excited me. And I, I wanted to, I wanted to do something with that, whatever it was. Yeah. And um, so when I graduated college, I went job hunting and I had a, a lousy resume as all fresh college graduates tend to have, I guess. <laughs> and I sent my resume out to everything under the sun. And I also, I should say, I also did a lot of freelance writing at the time. So I was okay. writing for a newspaper that still exists called the Island Year, which okay. was the Long Island's free weekly uh, music newspaper. It did a ton of interviews, record reviews, concert reviews, that sort of thing. Um, had a couple of concert reviews published in Newsday, the Long Island newspaper. Okay. Um, so I was doing a bunch of writing um, beyond, you know, while I was trying to find a real job. And so I sent my resume out everywhere. And um, I sent it to, I saw this ad in, I believe it was in Newsday for London Publishing. And uh, they were advertising for a writer. And that was pretty much all the ad said. So I sent them my resume because you know, I didn't know what London Publishing was. I, yeah. I just, oh, writer, great, I can do that. And I get a call back from Peter King. Uh, and yes. Peter King says, hey, you know, look, we're looking, I like your resume. We're looking to hire a writer. We want, you know, somebody to come in full time. I said, oh, that's great. What do you do? Well, we're a magazine publishing company. Oh, that's cool. What sort of magazines do you do? Well, pro wrestling and boxing. And I kind of went, let me think about it. And so I hung up the phone and um, I thought about it. And like I said, I wasn't a wrestling fan, so it didn't really appeal to me. And a couple of weeks later, Pete called me back and said, you know, listen, we're still, you know, like a resume, still really interested. want you to come in for an interview. So I had nothing else going on at the time. And I said, yeah, what the heck? I'll go in and, and check it out. And when I went into the office, I, I looked around and if I showed you my office today, I mean, you can see a little bit on Zoom, but it, yeah. it looked very much like the, the office back then. It was <laughs> um, 
it was an interesting atmosphere. Uh, it was all young guys, like for the most part, like myself. You know, there was Stu Sachs was there, um, Peter King, uh, myself. You had a couple guys in the art department, a couple of older people working on the production side. But mm-hmm. um, I kind of looked around, and then Pete explained the job to me. And he said, it was, you know, we're hiring someone to write three stories a day, every day. So it's basically three 1,000 word stories a day. Whoa. All right, I'll give it a shot. And I figured, all right, this will pay some bills while I find something that I really want to do. Yeah. And I quickly found out that I really like this. And what I thought was going to be a couple of weeks turned into 15 years. Yeah. Wow. A thousand yeah. words, three times a day. Yeah, basically, yeah. Each each story is about a thousand words. Wow. Um, yeah, three stories a day was sort of the the pace that you wanted to do. That's. I'll lot. tell you a story about that. Let's um, hear it. Years years later, when I left the magazines, um, I ran away and joined the circus. Quite literally, um, I joined Feld Entertainment, which is uh, the company that owned Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey. They also had the Disney on Ice shows. And they did a bunch of other stuff as well. And one of the things they were working on while I was there was a stage show based on Goosebumps, you know, the kids' horror books. Yeah, yeah. And I had opportunity to have lunch with R.L. Stein, the author of the Goosebumps books. And I sat right next to him and we were talking, very nice guy, very personable, and we're chatting back and forth. And I told him how I got my start in wrestling magazines and the whole bit. And he started his career in almost exactly the same way. Wow. Um, but, he, but he did it with movie magazines. Okay. And we were comparing notes on how the movie magazines were produced versus how the wrestling magazines were produced. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. I wanted to talk to you a little bit too. Uh, were you, did you, uh, I read that you were also take, you took pictures like photography. Yes. So. Yes, I did. So, you know, I, when I did the podcast with, Bill, after a few years back, uh, he took a lot of pictures. And I'm just wondering, was that kind of a, yeah, was that kind of like part of the, you know, you said you did a thousand words for a story three times a day, plus pictures. So that had to be really kind of time consuming for you. Yeah, it it was. And, you know, boy, the... This is, we're talking the early mid eighties now, right? So yeah, yeah. a few years ago. So Bill, if you're listening, forgive me if I'm misremembering, Stu as well. Um, but I think what happened was there was, there was sort of um, a desire, because you know, we were starting to put out more magazine. You know, we need a lot yeah. of photos. We're doing yeah. a lot of magazines. Yeah. And so the idea was that, all right, you know, we were still allowed into the garden at the time. So, yeah. you know, let's, instead of one guy going ringside, let's send two guys. Um, one can shoot color, one could shoot black and white. And so, all right, so I raised my hand. Sure, I, I could do that. That's How hard could that be? <laughs> you know, enthusiastic, I'm willing to try anything. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Bill would shoot color, I would shoot black and white. Okay. So we get twice as much, uh, twice as much out of each match. Yeah. And um, I wasn't a photographer when I started there per se, yeah. But, you know, learning under Bill, um, you know, was sort of the, one of the great classrooms for, yeah. for learning how to do photography like that. And at yeah. that time around the garden, I mean, this, like I said, early 80s. So, you know, Paul Heyman was shooting on the ring next to us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> George Napolitano, um, you know, the Japanese photographers. It was 
you know, it was a pretty exciting place to be. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I loved it. And yeah. As, as it went along, so I would go to the matches with Bill um, every month at the garden. We started doing road trips. Um, we did more road trips that grew into doing some TV interviews and, you know, it's sort of, it sort of snowballed from there, but yeah. I loved it. I, I love, and I loved learning from Bill. Yeah. Um, photography because I mean, no one's better. Really nice guy. Um, uh, when I interact with, I've never met him in person per se, but before we, yeah, he is one of best, the best, one of my dearest friends. Yeah, great guy. Absolutely Thank love him from what I've had interaction with him. Absolutely. Genuine great guy. Yep. Let's. Uh, okay. So I wanted. To, he's brought up something kind of interesting to me. So you talked about getting into the garden, but before that, you guys went around traveling. When you took those pictures and your, uh, what was probably one of your favorite uh, pictures that you that you probably took? I saw one the other day on on the internet with you and Michael Hayes. Michael Hayes is pouring the. Uh, Jack Daniels into your glass yes. and you're staring down at it. And it's it's an oldie. It's probably from 82, 83, I'm assuming. Uh, but it's a great shot. But it's hard to find you in pictures with other wrestlers. I found two. You with Michael Hayes and you with uh, right. King Kong Bundy with Bill After. That's well, the there's a bunch, though. There's a bunch. Well, you, well, well, there's a bunch we didn't use in the magazine. Well, but I'm saying that um, you with, with you in it specifically, those are the only I couldn't find any other. I mean, yeah. but of course, that's the Internet. I mean, but. Yeah, no, there, there is a bunch. I, one, one of the earliest uh, photos where I was in it was um, this would have been. Oh, this one in 1981, I want to say later in the year, because I'd only been working at the company for a few months. Okay. And Bill and I went to the garden and Mill Mascaris yeah, yes. uh, was on the card. And I was complaining about a stiff neck. And so I don't, I don't know why Bill mentioned it. He goes, oh, Mill, Mill can fix your neck. So like, what are you talking about? And so Mascaris had me laid down on the floor and he grabbed a towel and he cradled my head in the towel. And he said, you know, just relax, relax, relax. And I relaxed my neck and he yanked up on one side of the towel, cracked my neck oh. into place. I think it helped. I found out later that my, my sore neck was the result of having mononucleosis. Oh, wow. Um, and I'll tell you a very, very quick magazine story about that. Um, I had a really, really bad case of it. My blood values were such that they thought I had leukemia and I was laid up for a couple of months. So I'd only been working at the magazine for a couple of months and I was out of work for a couple of months, but Stanley Weston who owned the magazines, um, said to me, don't worry about it. Just get better. Your job will be waiting for you when you get back and continued to pay me all the way through while I was sick on top of it. So that to me just, you know, is, is sort of a great example of the kind of kind of guy that Mr. Weston was. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard but, of yeah, some great things yeah, about Mr. Masquerist. Oh boy. Photos with me in them. There were, uh, there's, there's a bunch of photos and I'm, I'm thinking of photos we actually used in the magazines. Yeah. Me and the road warriors. Okay. Um, there's a great photo that cracks me up when I see it. I, I don't know. I think we used it in the magazine, but, um, Bill and I went to the gym with Lance Von Erich. Okay. uh, Lance and I are back to back. I've got my shirt off and Lance is lifting a barbell with, you know, like giant weights on both ends. 
and the barbell I'm lifting has like nothing on either end. It's just the bar. But like I'm straining more than he is, you know, mugging for the camera. It's a pretty funny photo. Um, That's yeah, there were a few. There were a few. Captain was was choking me at my desk one time. Ah, okay. Jerry Lawler, Jerry Lawler, um, questioning some of the stories I've written, also at my desk. So yeah. awesome. A lot of fun stuff. Promotions, you you know, you were around a lot of them. You know, when it was the territory days, you know, one yeah, time there's yeah. 26 promotions out there running around. What was the one that you really enjoyed being at, working with? That didn't give you, I mean, that gave you a lot of access, a lot of ability right. to do your job. What was probably one of your favorite ones? Oh, boy. Um, you know, there's there's a couple, and it, it's hard to pick a favorite. I, the, the two that really stand out, I would mm -hmm. say, would be uh, Crockett, okay. um, shooting, the, shooting the shows in Atlanta um, at the Omni was always exciting. Um, and also the TV tapings, yeah, uh, with Gordon Soley. Gordon became a dear friend, and um, you know th th those were just great. Just the flavor and atmosphere of those TV tapings was was like nothing else. Yeah, um, and and the Omni crowds were fantastic. I mean, it was Madison Square Garden South, um, and probably world class. Um, okay. Texas, you know, yeah. the uh, you know the particularly the event in Texas Stadium when Kerry got the belt from Flair. Mm -hmm. 43,000 fans, um, you know, boy, to be ringside there and, and, and shoot and, and just to be there for that moment and see what was going on. But yeah, we had great, great experiences in terms of the promotions, giving us access and letting us, letting us be at ringside, letting us set up studio equipment yeah. uh, backstage so that, um, and I think this was a Crockett show, might've been at the Omni. Um, but I remember particularly after one, it was a Jimmy Valiant match and he came out of the match all bloody. And we okay. had the, uh, the portable photo studio set up backstage with the backdrop and everything. And I'd be back there and he'd come through the doors to head back to the dressing room. Jimmy, Jimmy, come here a second, hurry up and get him in front of the backdrop to pose all bloody and sweaty, you know, in the studio setting with, you know, what a great photo. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was just terrific. You yeah. know, much better than, you know, like the, you know, the, the concrete wall or something like that, you know, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Covers. Yeah. You know, cause you, cause you're getting them while their energy is up and they're, you know, and they're looking good and they're, you know, they're sort of pumped up from the match. So it's, it was a yeah. great moment to capture the photo. Yeah. That's awesome. I have to, I, I can, I would love to just pick your brain. I mean, we only have about an hour. I would just love to pick your yeah, brain for hours on stuff, but I want to talk to you a little bit. Okay. So you mentioned earlier about getting into the garden and you got in there at a certain point. And yeah. Bill talked about that too, you know, in 85 or six, whatever it was when, when Vince said, you know, you guys aren't allowed, we're doing our own magazine thing. Yeah. How were you able to still do stories on the WWF getting photos and all that stuff? How were you able to do that if you weren't allowed into the, into their, uh, their shows or their events? Um, sometimes I wonder. <laughs> I mean, cause I, you know, when yeah, I read the world, I read the magazines in the 80s. You guys had, besides WWF, you had AWA and everything else. But I mean, yep. when Bill said we weren't allowed in there, I'm like, how are you not, how are you, how are you getting all this information and all these photos? For a while, as I recall, and again, like I mentioned earlier, you know, my memory might be off a little bit here, but I think even though we got kicked out of the garden initially, 
I think we were still able to shoot some spot shows for a while. Okay. So we were able to get by with some of that. You know, you're not getting all of the big headline matches, but you know, right. you're still getting, you know, individual star matches and, and that sort of thing. So I, I think we had a lot of spot show material. Okay. And we would also shoot from the stands. Um, okay. <laughs> in fact, what probably the most famous photo I ever took um, and this was this was before we got locked out, but I was in the stands for it. Um, was Snooka on top of the cage about to dive down onto Backland? And if yes. I got royalties for every time they printed that photo, uh, I'd be a rich man today. Yes. But I just happened to be sitting in the right place in the arena, you know, because because everyone knew Snooka was going to go up and do the dive on Backland, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking. Oh, please be that corner. Please be that. You know, Cause I, I had the view I had of the ring. I had like a one in four shot. And it turned out he picked exactly the right corner. He was facing me while he was on top of the cage. And it just turned into uh, one of the, to me, one of the perfect wrestling photos of all time. Yeah, it is one of the best. Uh, I've, I've seen that photo. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when you guys, I want to just kind of elaborate. So like WrestleMania, right. One, was that the garden? Were you guys allowed right. in there then? Or was that when you guys were like, okay, this is I it? I think I'm pretty sure. Oh boy. I'd actually have to go back and look at tape on that one. I don't know. I don't know if we were kicked out before one. I'm pretty sure we were kicked out by the time two rolled around. Yeah. But I'm not exactly sure about one. I th- okay. I think, yeah, I, you know, it's my memory fails me. On oh, that it's one. all right, no problem. I have to, I have to I check the to, videotape. <laughs> yeah, I want to ask you something. Else. How did that when they told you that? I mean, was that just kind of a punch in the gut to you guys, or I mean, how did you take a little that? bit? Yeah, I, I think so. It was you know because wrestling was on such an enormous upswing. Yeah, and you know we we wanted to be a part. Well, we were a part of it, right? Um, at least from the magazine side, and we wanted to. You know, we wanted to give the best possible face to the business mm-hmm. that we could. Um, you know, we weren't there to break kayfabe or anything. We were, right. you know, we were we were trying to help everybody. Yeah. Um, and we just wanted to do the best job we possibly could, and that includes access, ringside access, studio yeah. access. And WWF decided they wanted to do their own magazine, which you know can't fault them for the decision. Right. You know, hey, wrestling's on an upswing. You know, these are our guys. We want to be exclusive. So, all right, that's the decision. Yeah, it stinks, but we'll figure out a way to get by. And we did. You know, we yeah. did it with, uh, like I said, shots from the stands, spot shows. If we knew somebody was coming to WWF, um, and again, all credit to Bill because he was the liaison between the magazines and the business, yeah. you know, as much a part of the business as any of the, any of the boys. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if somebody told him, Hey Bill, you know, I'm, I'm going over to, I'm going over to Vince next month. Oh, great. Let's get you in the studio and get a bunch of photos now before you go. Okay. So we would, there we would you stock go. up on photos and have it ready. And then of course, Vince would change the guy's gimmick and, you know, we'd be out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least we'd have stuff to work with a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to talk to you a little bit. uh, Chemistry with with wrestlers, with promoters. Who, in your mind, was one of the ones that you really had a a good connection with a wrestler uh, that just you guys got along great. You guys just 
had that good chemistry with each other. He'd tell you anything you want to know. Yeah. Is there anybody in particular that just sticks out in your mind for you? Um, well, again, I'll, 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 I'll sort of defer to Bill in a lot of ways on, on this question because Bill had the chemistry and the relationships with everybody in the yeah. business. Yeah. And, you know, I was sort of, I was sort of Bill's shadow. So, you know, just as, you know, if Bill walked into a dressing room and the wrestlers looked at him, like, who the heck is this guy? And one of the guys said, Hey, this is Bill. He's all right. Well, then Bill's all right to everybody. Right. Same sort of thing. If Bill said that I was all right, then I was all right to the guys. Okay. But it was it was Bill's relationships. Like I I can't honestly say that I had any relationship with any wrestlers that superseded any that even came close to anything that Bill had. Yeah. Um, you know, I was I, I was sort of riding along in Bill's wake. Having said that, um, the guys that that I got along with the best and, and got to know the best uh both road warriors okay hawk and awesome animal. yeah hawk and animal tremendous um and i'm gonna add uh two in particular i want to call out paul okay. ellering all right and nikita koloff um both yeah. of whom actually called me on my phone uh some years ago when they heard that my wife had passed away from cancer so class acts, both of them. And yeah. uh, if, if they're hearing this, if this gets to them, thank you gentlemen for that. Much appreciated. Um, Cornette was, Cornette was great. Always loved uh, when I was you know taking photos of him, he would play at ringside. Yeah. Uh, we'd have a lot of fun. Um, Ole Anderson was, I, I remember walking in one really? time to a TV taping in, uh, in Atlanta and Bill and I were going to do our PWI press conference. And I remember Ole going, Ah, here comes Craig Peters. I guess that's better than no Peters at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Gordon Soley was great. You know, we had a just, you know, the the guys of that of sort of that era were were really yeah. terrific. And yeah, I, I, I just had so much fun. But yeah, yeah I think the, for me personally, um, Warriors, Nikita, Ellering, Cornette. Um, I'm sure there are a few others I'm leaving yeah. out there, but uh, I mean, Johnny B. When we were doing WCW magazine, mm -hmm. um, I got to know some of those guys. Uh, Johnny B. Bad. Uh, he was Merrill. terrific. Yeah. yeah. Mark Merrill. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and again, you know, Nikita was there for a while. And yeah. Um, yeah. Just uh, like I said, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm forgetting a few and my apologies for oh. anybody. Who, I just said a few. You name more than them. more than. And three, so you're good. I want to tell you, Nikita Koloff, I, I did a podcast him uh, probably about a year and a half ago. Great guy. Great, great guy. Oh, tremendous. Uh, I still have, when when uh, when they would have pay-per-views in Baltimore, mm -hmm. there was a restaurant near the arena called Sabatino's okay. that everybody would go to after the matches. And I remember um, going to that restaurant. Uh, Nikita, the Warriors were there. I forget who else was there, Bill and I. And Nikita signed a matchbook uh, from Sabatino's restaurant, but he did it in the Cyrillic alphabet. Okay. Which I thought was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just real, real commitment to character. Yeah. That's awesome. No, I, I have, to have that somewhere in my archive. Yeah. yeah. Nice guy. So I should donate that to After's Alley. <laughs> yeah, you should. <laughs> was there, uh, and I, you don't have to give out names, was there anybody that just didn't? 
like they've just like treated you guys like trash and I shouldn't say trash, just didn't have the respect for you that, 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 you know, you're trying to help the business and and promote their character and their, and, and the, and the business. And they just were like, don't want nothing to do with you. Um, yeah, I don't, I honestly don't recall anything. It's, and, and it's not for, I mean, hey, so many years later, if there was right. something, I, I don't care. <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm not yeah, involved yeah. in the business. I'd, I'd name a name. I don't care. But I, I honestly can't think of anybody. I mean, you know, there was, if it was somebody not wanting to have anything to do with us, and you know, Vince comes to mind, and I don't want to, I don't want to put huge negative connotations there, but it was, right. it was a business decision, right? Right, right, right. It's like, hey, you guys are doing a magazine, we're doing a magazine, so I don't want you in. That's that's business, right? right. Um, everybody else, it was, you know, they loved having us down there. So, yeah. you know, they treated us well. Good. Um, yeah, come on in, take photos. How can I get on the cover? Why you, how come I'm so low in the ratings? You know, they, <laughs> they complained about things that way, but yeah, there was never anything like, I don't want to, I have nothing to do with you. I don't want to, you know, don't take my photo. Okay. Eh, I honestly can't remember any instance of that happening. Okay. Was there a pro? Besides the WWF, was there a promotion that ever just gave you guys like, okay, you can do this and that and that's it? I mean, very little to no yeah, access. So to... But besides the WWF, which was had a business right. decision, just a, a company that was just like, you know what? Yeah, we don't need you. I don't, but... I don't think so. Okay, I good. Know, I, I didn't think, think so, but you never here, know. Like, like AWA, you know, Portland and like a lot of the promotions like we would you know bill would do a lot of road trips yeah i would Mm -hmm. do a lot of road trips with him but we also had a lot of stringers out there yeah so like we wouldn't get out to portland often but you know we had somebody in portland who sort of had a relationship with that office the way bill had a relationship with the business okay and so they were able to get us photos of the matches there so there were there were certain areas of the country um where we worked like that but no, nah, I, I I can't think of anybody that that's sort of limited limited right. our stuff. It was always I, I, there was really more a case of yeah, you know, how can we get more? Yeah, you know, how can we get more covers? How can we get more more stories? You know, yeah, everybody wanted more. I always Cause, wanted cause, more. Cause, I, I, cause, yeah, cause there wasn't a whole yeah, there was uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, sorry. Right. You know, yeah, WWF and NWA, and that probably took up eighty percent of of the real estate in the magazines. So yeah. everybody else that was left were all sort of yeah how can i get more yeah so when you started in 81 there was 26 27 territories by the time you left in 96 there was you know wwe or f at the time and and wcw was the two uh big ones pretty much yeah i think yeah so it might have been still awa folded in 91 and uh what was how was that on impact on your magazine as far as those? Because when I was a kid, you had you had world class, you had UWF, you had AWA, right. you had the Pacific Northwest, you had the uh, you know Central States, all these different territories in your magazine, and they were ranked. You know they'd have their top ten, and when they kind of when that condensed down due to you know closing their doors, sure. I'm, I'm sure that hurt your magazine some. I mean, but did it impact it significantly or was it just you had to adjust your 
your way of covering things and in, in writing? I, th- I think it was both. Okay. Um, you know, like it impacted the mags and I, I, I sort of look at it relative to the mid eighties peak, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when rock and wrestling connections started blowing up and wrestling really sort of the, the first wave of mainstream media for wrestling. Yeah. So to say, you know, it start the NBC shows started up and it was really breaking out in a big way. Um, and we put out a ton of magazines, you know, yeah. PWI, The Wrestler, Inside Wrestling, Sports Review Wrestling, yeah. Wrestling USA, Wrestling 85, yeah. um, Wrestler Annual, yeah. um, Wrestling Bad Guys that I mentioned earlier, yeah. uh, <laughs> Wrestling Superstars. You know, there were just, I, there were tons of them. We were putting out, you know, some months we would put out four or five, maybe even six a month, I want to say, certainly five a month in, in some months. Yeah. That's a lot, a lot of magazines. A lot. Um, and so by the time, you know, the early 90s rolled around, wrestling had cooled off some, uh, and so did the magazines. You know, mm-hmm. so we contracted. The, the the quarterly magazines dropped off the schedule. Um, I think a couple, a couple of monthlies probably turned into bi-monthlies. Um, bi-monthlies turned into quarterlies, you know, we sort of, sort of scaled things down a bit. So, um, yeah, it definitely affected the magazines, uh, in that way for sure. Yeah. Sheer volume of them. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. I, I, every time they come out when I was a kid, I'd buy, I'd beg my mom, I need to get a buck or a buck and a half, whatever it was for inside (laughs) wrestling, buck and a half PWI. She's like, these are costing too much. And I'm like, Mom, some days these could be collectors. I she just laughed right. at me. She laughed so, at so me. Now, and now they now are. <laughs> now I have to turn the tables and ask you a question. Did you buy sports review wrestling? I did. I have. Uh, and I and have. did you buy sports review wrestling for the wrestling? <laughs> uh, yeah, I did actually. I didn't do the apartment. That was a little bit before my time. Apartment wrestling. Oh, okay. But I have a issue with Bachwinkle on the cover from 1980 when he's all bloody. Bill Baptist took the picture. He told me. Yep. That's one of my one of one of my favorite photos from Bill Aptor is that photo. It's just because I was a big AWA guy because I'm from Wisconsin originally. I was born and raised. Oh, okay, there. sure. Yep. So I had big time exposure to the AWA, Bachwinkle, Ganya, the the who's who before the WWF. Right. Got them all, but yeah. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about a little bit of something that's a little bit uh, I found out later in life. Some of your writers were not real. Uh, Matt Brock, uh, Liz Hunter, they were uh-huh. they were fake writers or fake names. I don't know who, <laughs> who, no, who wrote those articles. They were numb to plumes. <laughs> no, it, it's funny, too. Because, well, so Matt Brock was great. Um, actually, I, I, I think this is I, I don't think I'm telling any secrets out of school. I think this is mentioned on other wrestling podcasts. But, okay. Um, the photo of Matt Brock, there were actually a couple of photos of Matt Brock that were used in his columns. Those were actually of um, our production manager, a guy by the name of Carl Lovick, <laughs> H-L-A-V-A-C, um, with the hat and he had a cigarette. Yeah, a cigarette hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, and the cigarette was hilarious because Carl was vehemently anti-smoking. So <laughs> we, we would needle him about that once in a while. But, you know, Matt Brock was the, um, the Jimmy Breslin of the magazines. Yeah, because we're all a bunch of young guys writing wrestling magazines, but yeah. we needed some other personalities in there. So 
that was Matt. You know, he was the, he was the Jimmy Breslin. He was the, uh, 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 who's the columnist out of Chicago, Mike Royko. Um, he was like the Mike Royko type, um, you know, sort of the, the crusty veteran. He always liked to sit in the cheap seats because he wanted to be, you know, with the fans, yeah. not the, not the VIP. Yeah. And he was fun. He was just a fun, he was a very defined personality. So he was, he was fun to write. Yeah. Um, and Liz of course was the female, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, the female perspective, which, uh, was, you know, interesting because it was, guys writing the female perspective for years. Um, but I think Brandy Mankevich wrote uh, Liz Hunter okay. um, for a while. So we did get the female perspective for real in there for yeah. a while. Wow. Um, but, you know, and, and most people believe that Dan Shockett is yeah. in that same category. He, and he's he not. absolutely was not. Yeah. Um, I thought that too for years. And then I found out. Yeah. It wasn't. Dan yeah. was, and, you know, tragically died due to cancer at a yeah. very young age. Yeah. Um, but he was an interesting, interesting guy. I, I think if had Dan lived, he would have been extremely successful in writing in some form or fashion. Yeah. Um, he had he had a very diverse and eclectic set of interests, you know, whether yeah. he'd come in and write wrestling. Um, he wrote for gentlemen's magazines. Um, yeah. You would you would you'd ride with him uh, during lunch in his car. He'd pop in a cassette. And it would be um, Gilbert and Sullivan. Operators. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, <laughs> boy, that's interesting. <laughs> he always had something interesting to say about every topic. Just yeah. very, and God, I would have loved to have seen um, what he would have done with, with a full career. Yeah. Um, and people think Eddie Elner similarly falls Eddie in El- that category yeah. as, as Matt and Liz. But um, Eddie is as real as you or I and living in California and runs a yoga studio, in fact. Oh, wow. Cool. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. The other the other sort of personalities that fall into the Liz and Matt category were they came about when um, after we got um, kicked out of the garden, so to say, kicked out of the matches from photography. Mm-hmm. It also became an issue about quoting the wrestlers. Oh, OK. So we had to skirt around that somehow. So we created a series of experts. We had uh, Thomas Pilliard was an expert that we would quote about WWF issues. We had, my, my favorite was Zenid Abraham, who was the astrologist to the stars. And she would, you know, give the astrology readings for, again, we need WWF quotes. We can't quote the guys. Well, let's, you know, yeah. let's come up with you know, Dr. Sidney M. Basil, the psychologist. Yes, I remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> Who uh, I th- I was told recently that Dr. Sidney M. Basil actually popped up in a WWE magazine. Oh, okay. At some point, which I think is just wonderful. Yeah, that's, that's, that's brings it full circle. <laughs> a full circle, yeah, yeah. I think that's great. No, that's uh, one more question. Um, yeah, whatever you, you want. We're here. La- can you tell great. us? Your last article that you wrote for a wrestling magazine, uh, which, what was it about and which magazine was it in? Wow, that's oh. a great question. And I don't know. Okay, well. The last one, what, wow. You know, I, now I'm curious. I have to go back and figure it out. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean I to stump know. you there. <laughs> <laughs> totally stumped me. Totally stumped me. Oh, okay. Well, then another question. I know you say you don't watch it 
very much now or, or follow it, I should say. Um, is that just because of the dynamic, how much it's changed over the years for you? Or is it just that you're busy and you're not covering it anymore? So you don't, you don't, you know. Yeah. Yeah. More the latter, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll channel flip and, and land on it occasionally and I'll okay. watch a few minutes of a match, but you know, I've, I've fallen out of the storylines and I don't know the personalities like I did. So right. It, it doesn't have any context for me. So it's, it, it, it doesn't mean as much as if I had been following it. So yeah. it's a little frustrating that way. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I'll, occasionally I'll see, I'll see clips online or, yeah. or, you know, a few minutes. One thing I did see that I really liked, and I guess this is, um, uh, this is sort of old school, but not old school. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was AEW. Yes. Did a, um, did a retro show at one point. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I was. A, yeah, I remember which They did yeah. an episode where it was almost like a WCW TV taping, and it was, had that studio wrestling flavor to it. And all of their wrestlers took different personas for the show. Um, yeah. It was great. I thought it was one of the most. Yeah. Again, well, coming from old school, right? Yeah, I thought it was, old school. Yeah. yeah. It was right in my wheelhouse, and I just I thought it was fantastic. They they really sort of nailed the flavor of what they were trying to emulate. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, I haven't really seen a whole lot of, of, of uh, the current stuff. So yeah. my apologies to all the well, guys. No, by all means, no. And girls. So one more question for real this time. What okay. are you doing now? What kind of projects are you working on? Or, or if you're working on anything or? Um, well, as I mentioned earlier, after I left the magazines, I ran away and joined the circus. Yes. So I did that for about 10 years. Um, then I started my own company doing uh, digital marketing and communications. Okay. I took a two-year detour to work for a cell phone startup company, uh, went back to my own company for a couple of years, and one of my clients at that time was Bank of America. Okay. And um, they made me an offer to join them full-time. So that was about 10 years ago, and I am still working for them. I am a senior content strategist working on their artificial intelligence customer assistance uh, presence in their mobile app, which is a very long-winded way of saying um, I'm, I'm working on their uh, on Erica, which is sort of their, their chatbot. I, I shouldn't say chatbot. That's not a word we like. Um, but it's an artificial assist, artificial intelligence customer assistance. Oh, okay. Well, that's pretty cool. So it's it's kind of like their version of Alexa or... Yeah. Um, Siri and Siri, it's, it's really yeah. interesting because I'm learning about the whole AI world and you know when I ask Alexa to do something and it answers in a certain way I kind yeah. of understand now oh that's why it's saying that but yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 not exactly a straight line you know yeah. wrestling to circus to uh, banking but it's hey. it's all sort of communications Yes. And uh, it's a pretty cool place to be. It's just it's fascinating. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, but yeah, about the furthest thing from wrestling you could imagine, right? Yeah. But hey, you know, <laughs> it sounds like you're really good at it. They, that they, you've been there 10 years. So that's, that's but, wonderful. Yeah, it's a fun place to be. Mr. Craig Peters, thank you for coming on today, sir. I really, really, really do appreciate it. Well, thank you, Brian. I appreciate it as well. Um, always happy to. Always happy to talk about the good old days. Yes. It was a lot of fun with great people and yeah. uh, 
many of whom that I'm still friends with to this day. And uh, boy, it was a it was a unique time, nothing like it. And uh, oh, anybody like who was there was, just <laughs> knows what it was like. It was a lot of fun, and happy to happy to relive it for an hour or so here. Yeah, so that's thank great. you for that opportunity. All right, I thank thank you, sir. I appreciate it, folks. If you're watching, thank you. If you're listening, thank you. Again, Mr. Craig Peters, thank you, sir, for coming on, and we will talk to you soon. Hey, this is a Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Hey, guys, before we get started, I just wanted to read this commercial because it's an agreement that we made with a really great podcast, and I want to tell you guys all about it. Pro Wrestling Interviews, it features guests who are hot indie stars as well as the greats of the ring. Each week, you can join the amazing Velvet as well as Dr. John, as they host this jam-packed hour of interviews, pro wrestling news, and entertaining guests. It's an hour you don't want to miss. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, just go to ProWrestlingInterviews.com, and it'll take you to their Facebook page where you can get the custom podcast link for that week. Don't miss a second of Pro Wrestling Interviews. That's Sunday nights, 9 Eastern, Pro Wrestling Interviews. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts, and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts will include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Bill After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, talking here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, 
Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect is? Well, I'll is? tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I want to say one thing. Bruno was a hell of a champion. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is Bill Aptor, and once again, we're speaking here with... Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did didn't have anything to do with it? Well, yes, but the whole thing is this, that the rules, as I always understood them, was that you, the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation.